0: It is episode 314 of This Is Whole Life, and the grass is always greener is what Ken told us this week. 10 commitments, 11 weeks, periods of detours into the summer series, which we will be back next week with somebody new, not Gina, because Gina's moving, and she's moving on up and moving out west and doing things like that. And if you missed last week's episode, please don't. We had a great conversation. And for anyone struggling, and we heard, I heard from multiple people who were like, Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in that place. And Gina's message was great. And I think the podcast was a definite companion. We gave a lot of advice. Hopefully, most of it was good. And if it was from Gina, which most of it was, it was good, right? We'll we'll, we'll, definitely
1: take that to the bank.
0: We'll take that to the bank. So this week, we get to number 10 of our commitments, number 11 in the series. And. I don't know. I started off, I thought, where are we going with this? Hmm. Not to covet. And I thought, oh, let's read it, right? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male slave or his female slave, his ox or his donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbors. And I'm like, this seems like a manageable list to me.
1: Yeah, very manageable, right?
0: I mean, right? For the average person, I'm like, I love my wife. I'm not looking. I'm not You're not looking. too
1: worried about your neighbor's donkey, right? Yeah. My neighbors
0: don't have—they have a big dog, but no donkey. Yeah, um, so that's So that's, that's, that's already
2: taken care yeah, of.
0: Yeah, no slaves. And, I mean, they own some stuff. I mean, he's got a pretty impressive tool collection that I could use a few pieces out of probably, but I can borrow those. I, yeah. don't, I don't need to covet them. There you go. So I was just like, well— um uh, you know, uh,
1: check that one off. Move on. Check off. Uh, move on. And done with this. Okay, series. guys, Let's, what are we
0: doing next week? So upcoming next week. Exactly. No, right? That's it. It just seemed like a. It's easy. It seems like a manageable list. But as always, Ken threw a wrench into the whole thing, and I don't know why he does that every week. I don't know either. <laughs> well, I have so an idea.
1: It's probably a character flaw of some kind.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it's it, this one might seemingly be the easiest to just go, yeah. Yeah. We've already talked about kind of all that stuff because it kind of circles around and it seems like it's a pretty easy list. But then there you talk to other people who like I love social media is bad because it makes me jealous of everybody else. (laughs) And that's a and that's a real thing. I mean, I don't want to make light of it too much, but. You know there are people who's like, man, look what look what they have, or or look at the vacations they go on. That's a good one. Yeah. Look at the vacations they go on, or you know all the different things, and it's like, yeah, it's a, probably a different tax bracket than I'm enjoying right now. So it is what it is. I guess the real part of it is, Candace came down with, and this was the one that's been sticking with me. Jesus knows what he's doing. <laughs> And it seems like, OK, uh, that's uh, that should be it. Right. It's a pretty easy list. Jesus knows what he's doing. So, um, yeah, I think that's a true statement. I can live with that. Jesus knows what he's doing. And where's the difficulty in this one? Did you find difficulty when you put this one together? Did you go like, man, I really wasn't expecting a a roadblock or a sidestep or no? This, this is pretty easy. I think they're all, I think they're all going to
1: be on board with this one. You know I always go looking for the red <laughs> block, <so that's>, uh, <laughs> Yeah, And then you found it pretty easy, didn't you? Uh, you know, it wasn't as hard as you might. As anybody, uh, no, well, no, no. Nobody's surprised. What am I talking about?
0: No, but I loved it. There is no limit to what we do not have. And I'm like, oh boy, there we go. The endless list, because yeah. this can always – this is even seasonal is what I thought in my life because there's a lot of times I look back and go, man, do you remember when – everybody wanted that or every man that was really what you needed or it was a how do we know what we need and what we'd like and, and what we need help on <laughs> because I don't want to feel bad for wanting things and maybe some of them are necessities but necessities I'm I, I, just speaking from experience I'm pretty good at convincing myself that you know my Harley would run more efficiently It would probably get, you know, more miles per gallon if I maybe got some new paint or some new accessories or our mind can justify anything. How do we distinguish with what or how do we how do we talk to God about this in a logical conversation that leaves us with some answers or with some contemplating because it feels weird. Well, God, (laughs) I really want this and I think you're telling me that I should have
2: this. But it's not happening. So what am I missing? So, you know, I go back to when this, you know, you look back at uh, how the children of Israel must have looked at this and seen this. Because to, in all, and by the way, Ken brought this up, It it is a, a state of mind, right? I mean, it is, if you act out on it, then you break the, the, the Seventh Commandment, the thou shalt not steal. But it is about discontent but can you bring that into what you were talking about randy in terms of it's not just my neighbor it's not just is it is it something that i don't have now that i wish i had and i'm not going to be satisfied until i you know until that's taken care of yeah and and that's the part that i think i don't know if the children of israel looked at that and thought i'm discontent right now Oh, and then all of a sudden they started realizing yeah, yeah. not only does Cain kill Abel because of this, but all through their lives. I mean, you look at the the ways in which they looked at other nations even. yeah, I was in Istanbul. No, no, I was in Athens. I was in Athens. We took a – yeah, it, just, sounds, it just, sounds really pretentious. Jess, the world traveler, yeah. well, now, now we know. He's not trying
1: to tempt us on that 10th yeah. commandment
2: know, already. Right. There <laughs> we go. You
1: Look guys didn't this go. Is What's real, the deal? Yeah. I know.
2: How come you guys weren't along? Well, we're not close. Um, <laughs> but come to find out in some, one of the museums – this was a tour that the conference took us on obviously before Ken got here unfortunately. But the other – nations around Israel the Philistines the Phoenicians the most of the nations around Israel were considered to be probably more advanced in their art in their architecture in their sea in their ability to navigate the seas i mean the israelites were more nomadic mountain type people and it would be pretty easy yeah. to look at the nations around you and say Lord, how come we're not like that? Yeah, how come we don't have what they have?
1: Especially when that those uh, 10 commandments were given, you know, they're <laughs> yeah, exactly. out on a 40-year camping trip, right? <laughs> I mean, that's like, "Hey, when yeah. can I get a house already?" you know? I mean,
2: yeah, we're in a tent.
1: And trade that tent in after. I mean, I go t- I go camping for a week and I'm like, "Yeah, it's I'm good." I'm 40 done. years later, I mean, "Oh, Emmy and I have been reading in
0: her Bible." at night and we're in this Deborah, the judge and this period. And it's like every 40 years. And then it's 30 years of, of exactly what you're talking about, Jeff. It's like, well, we forgot all the things the Lord did for us. And then, you know, another judge arises from the ashes in 40 years. They, you know, they they wanted to be and they followed and they enjoyed the the fruits of, of God taking care of them. And then it's just like, and then the story. And they, it's like they start the story. <laughs> the same. And then 30 years of, you know, they just delve back into worshiping idols and to being like all the rest of the people wanting what they want. And so it's not like this is a new concept. But at the same time to know what God has for us. And I think that's the one that, what's the saying? If you knew, if you knew what God was planning for you, you would just do whatever he asked you to do. And you'd be happy because you'd know what the end was. And you'd be like, if this is building to this, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm playing along. But in the meantime, there's so many other distractions along the way. It took me a long time to get to the point where I was just like, look, whatever I have, I have, and I just need to be happy in who I am. And, you know, we talked about it, Gene and I talked about it last week and with Anderline the two weeks before that, with with this whole thing of being happy with ourselves. And, you know, it always comes back to that. Because if we can't be happy, then how can we let God lead us into some place that He wants us to go? And I just found us coming back to that same place, or myself coming back to that same place this week and thinking to myself, maybe more than ever, we're at this really weird place with being post-pandemic and people, all the mental health issues and people just struggling with so many different things. And I thought, man, this might be the message that is trying to unbury yourself from whatever that looks like for you. Maybe that's the struggle that so many of us are probably working ourselves through. And maybe this is the one that might be actually one of the hardest instead of one of the easiest to try to figure out how do I navigate this? Where's a good stepping off place to say, all right, I have no idea where this goes. I know what I think I want. I think I know what is right and what's wrong. But there's got to be something more than just saying, I guess I'm waiting it out. Or is it just the waiting game and the the trust and the building the, the relationship?
2: Yeah. You know, it's, when I was listening to the sermon, I— I was trying to figure out what what is it that because it's this translates really well to all times. This isn't yeah. just about Israel. That's why it's really hard. And then this series, by the way, Ken, has been good from the standpoint of helping us understand that it's not something that was done away with because you know, there's a New Testament text that says, I didn't come to abolish. <laughs> I came it's not because of that. <laughs> It's because it's so – this is so applicable to, in a universal way to our lives in so many different ways. But this particular text has so much to do – and I think – I'll give you three things and, Ken, you can add it's not a comprehensive list. But I do think that, first of all, scarcity mindset, that if I don't get this now, if I don't go for this – yeah, yeah. And if I don't think of this as being my time, I need, yeah, okay, I shouldn't be, you know, discontent, but it's not going to be good down the road. I need to – so I think there's that scarcity mindset that doesn't help us. Number two, I I think that – I think we all think we're alone in this. We think that unless I do this, unless I think this way – that I've got to take care of myself because nobody else else is. is And there's that universality is absent in terms of all people suffer. Mm -hmm. All people do. You know, everybody goes through this. This is not something that you're doing on your own. So it is isn't a part of life. And then the third thing is is about gratitude. I don't think we Mm. look at this from the standpoint of, how grateful I should be for where I'm at right now.
0: There you go. I like that a lot.
2: And those pieces, those, those three pieces contribute, I think, a lot to our discontent.
0: So real quick, give me something just off the top of your head that makes Jeff happy and that Jeff says, man, I have gratitude. If nothing else, if everything else is wrong or whatever, what what's Jeff grateful for?
2: Do we don't have enough time for that? Because and by the way, for all of you listening, that's a great exercise. Yeah, it's an exercise that I tell lots of people, including myself and my wife. We do this. We we do a gratitude journal where we literally write down things that sometimes go missed because Mm. it's like peeling an onion. You don't get to some of the good stuff until after you get past. I cried a little, (laughs) (laughs) and you start to realize. (laughs) You know, you can complain about a lot of things. And sure. by the way, it's easy to complain. But once you get past, you know, the first three or four things that you're grateful for as you're praying, and all of a sudden you realize, whoa, I didn't think about this piece because this is not just suffering. This is something that I actually could be grateful could for. Be great. Yeah. And so you can be grateful in suffering. You can be grateful in joy. You can – you know. but gratitude is a big thing. And I guess right now for me, I'm more grateful now for my life and I know that I can't do – I was out skiing with my son. And all of a sudden I realized I am am in my 60s. I can tell. I do not ski like I used (laughs) used to when I was in (laughs) 40s. I got pulled up out of the boat. I'm going, that was a lot harder than it used to be. <laughs> so, yes, I'm not glad for, you know, where I am physically. There's a lot – it's a lot harder to do things. But, man, I I do not want to go backwards. I am grateful for what I am right now, for who yeah. I am. And I know that's probably a little more existential than you wanted. But – No,
0: no. I mean I think those are the things that we can all kind of share together and find some commonality. Yeah. All right, Ken.
2: Oh, Okay.
0: <laughs> what are you what are you grateful for?
1: What am I grateful for man I'm grateful for a lot too I think um, family comes to mind um, you know just right at the top of the list I'm thankful for my kids my wife I'm thankful yeah, I think everybody wishes they, they make made a little bit more money than they do but I've got a, I've got a house that's air conditioned and mm. has heat. When you need it, Florida—that's a big one. Yeah, it's a huge one, and and uh, so there's there's so much to be thankful for. There's you know just the I love to eat, and there's lots of fun places to eat around me. And I think that's the thing that uh, you know I didn't probably spend a ton of time on it in in the sermon the Sabbath, but uh, we live in in a culture and in a space where we're very much encouraged to be greedy. We're very much encouraged to be consumers. And in, you know, the, if you want to, in a capitalist society, and I'm not knocking capitalism, I think it, it's a great system in the world that we probably live in. It's probably the best one that I've personally studied for kind of creating opportunities for individuals. But where it falls down a little bit is it can very much turn you into a consumer rather than um, somebody who's grateful because in the process of trying to get you to buy things, people have to create a need and a want. And so… Covetousness is kind of is encouraged in, in advertising. It's like, well, your neighbor has it. And don't you want it? Um, these successful people do this. What about you? Yeah, um, yeah. And so we live in a society, I think, where we're very much bombarded with those kind of messages on a regular basis that you're not enough unless you have X. And then when you get X, you're not enough unless you can get Y. And, the you know, it just never ends like the, the quote that I shared. It's yeah. like, the, the, you know, the things you don't have are limitless. So your next quote was, this does not mean we shouldn't have goals or aspirations. It simply means that
0: God desires us to be happy and content in the moment. Covenant keeps us from experiencing peace, joy, happiness, and contentment, which are all gifts of God. And all those things sound really good. And those are all things that I equate, I guess, maybe some of my things could help me experience peace, joy, happiness, and contentment. But at the same time, it also sounds like I could make anything I wanted to experience peace, joy, happiness, and contentment. So what do we do to make sure that what we're doing is following what God wants us to do and what he has for us versus just that shiny new object or that thing that I've been told I have to have?
1: It's a hard one because we get told that a lot, don't we? I mean, it's it's all through advertising. It's even the next door neighbor when they drive home that shiny new vehicle that you uh, that you've had your eye on, and you think, well, we live in the same neighborhood, so shouldn't we be able to afford that? And and then you think, well, I don't want to covet this person's vehicle, and yet that's a nice vehicle, and you know, and that and we can start spending a lot of time thinking about, it. and that's I think the thing that I would just encourage people to recognize is are you are you spending time obsessing about it? I think it's one thing to look at something, and go, boy, I'd enjoy, but are you spending a lot of time thinking about it? Are you spending mm. time imagining what it would be like to drive that car around? Do you do you start finding yourself being resentful of, of your neighbor who who has that thing that you that you wish? And I think that's when you start kind of finding yourself in that place. And I think what God really wants us to do, is to live out of a uh, out of a spot of contentment with where we're at and what we have and again that's not to say that you don't have goals and aspirations it doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to move into a better neighborhood it doesn't mean you shouldn't want your child to to have a better life than you had if you grew up in a place where you worried about meals there's not god doesn't say <laughs> oh no your child no he's saying yeah absolutely you should want those things for your child but when you become come to the point where if if that doesn't happen you don't have peace you don't have contentment in your life that's where the problem becomes uh, a real thing and that's what we see you know um a fabulous um, documentary made a couple years ago called Happy. And uh, if you ever get a chance to watch it, mm-hmm. it talks about, okay. or maybe it's happiness or something like that. I think it was Happy, happy. though. Happy? It was, okay. and it basically, is, the documentary is about, you know, these people go out and research what makes people happy. And um, and what they find in the documentary, at least, is that it really doesn't have to do with stuff. It has to do, uh, in fact, they find in, in some very impoverished places that people have a higher standard of of happiness One of the interesting studies I also read was that if you spend a lot of time thinking about being happy and making yourself happy, that you actually are less happy. (laughs) Um, And so I think the point is to instead of looking at how can I make myself happy, think how can I make the world around me a better place? How can I help my neighbor rather than wish that I had what my neighbor had? How can I make others better? I think that's the part that brings real contentment and peace in life and that's what God is wanting us to point us towards is how can we be of service to other people how can we be grateful for what we already have and how can we make the world a better place instead of making it a better place for one person. Hmm.
2: I think that asking the question am I am I poor or richer than God wants me to be? Yeah, yeah. You know, am I fitting into his plan somehow? I think God wishes for us that we follow him, period. I think that is probably the most important thing that God's asked us to be a part of, is his work, his ministry, his life. And then I think it gives us different eyes. I think it gives us different eyes, and it gives us eyes to see sometimes that contentment, that peace, those gifts in some of the, mo- the hardest, difficult situations. Christ on the cross, we always look at that as being probably one of the the hardest things that anybody's ever had to endure and here he does it for us on the cross and we all think of his life as a life of anguish and and this experience I'm sorry is a life of anguish and pain and it is but but he's singing a song while he's on the cross that's the part that was it was interesting it hmm. was it was a song that was from psalms 22 and here is Christ singing this song in the midst of the hardest time, the hardest thing he had to go through in his life. And um, the part that I look at and I think those, those are the eyes Christ wants for us. To be able to see contentment and peace even in the hardest of times and even in the – and in sometimes, by the way, when it's easy, it's almost just as hard to see contentment when it's easy.
0: Well, and I think sometimes even when we're stuck in a rut, we're in a place where, you know, maybe things aren't going so well. And it's kind of been my week, maybe my last two weeks. I don't know. It's just been kind of a – it's been kind of a funk. And then this past Friday, we have a little fish pond with some goldfish in it and a little waterfall, blah, 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 out by the front door to our house. And all the neighborhood stray cats come to get a drink of water and then they do their business in our flower beds and it just (laughs) – it stinks. It just, So anytime we see him, you know, I'll actually throw things at the cats. Heather's much nicer than I am. She just yells at him. And or reading breakfast, she goes to the kitchen to get something, looks out the window. It's like, hey, get out of my pond. And she's yelling and she goes out the door. And then she realizes it's a dog. So we have this full-grown, gray-bearded, black lab stuck in our pond. He's shaking. He's obviously... Uh, he's just a, a real gentle boy, but he's he's drinking pond water. We're like, no, 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 no. Don't drink the pond water. That's going to make you sick. And we're trying to give him fresh water. He can't get out of the pond. So we don't know if he fell in or if he was so weak, he just, you know, jumped in to try to cool himself off because he, he couldn't get his temperature down. He was just going crazy. So finally, we, with the help of a neighbor and we went and got a sheet and got him out and. Got him some water, treats, dog food, none of which we have because we don't have a dog. But, you know, the neighbors all kind of pitched in. then my girls, they walked him all around the neighborhood like anyone missing a dog. Anyway, my girls are all allergic. This is a long-haired lab. He reeks probably because he's had some problems before he got to us. Now he's been in the fish pond, which doesn't, you know, the water smells horrible. So they give him a bath and the neighbors bring a crate over and he sleeps for like eight hours on the floor, doesn't move. And I'm like, did you put a mirror over there? Is he like, is he already gone? So Saturday morning got up and everyone's throat's itchy. They can't take it. So we named him Chester because we didn't know what his name was. We put signs up and I'm like, look, we got to take him to the, we got to take him to animal services, which we did. He's just a really good boy. Did what you told him. He was clearly somebody's pet. Saturday afternoon, we get a phone call from the owners and we had posted it on Nextdoor and Facebook and all these different things. And there, I mean, my, my phone is still going crazy with all of these updates because, you know, it was like, hey, OK, now he's in animal services. And all these people were just like, man, you know, we need more people in the world like your family. And I'm just like, all we did was fish the dog out of the pond and give him some food and a bath. And I think part of it—and that's not a, a tooth to own horn or whatever, and it was—I mean, it wasn't anything difficult that we did. It didn't cost us any money. It cost our neighbors money because they're the ones that donated the food. We just had this wet dog smell in our house that we're not used to for the night, and finally his owner found him. He'd been gone three days. Mm-hmm. So for being an old dog, he was lucky to make it to us. So we really felt like from the beginning that God brought him to our family to just help take care of him, Right and so many people were just like man i haven't seen good news on this app speaking of nextdoor facebook i haven't seen a good story in forever and people started sharing the story just because it was a good had a good ending i was thinking about that as i was preparing for today and thinking how many people you know were so caught up in of everything else and then if somebody does something super simple what an impact it has on people! That wow, there might be some good people left in the world, or at least someone willing to fish a dog out of a, out of a fish pond. It didn't seem like any big deal, and it was just to get people to hopefully, you know, spread the word. And yet, man, what a, what an opportunity! I guess is what I'm saying that we have an opportunity by just keeping the focus on what God has for us instead of all the peripheral. And what an impact that makes because it's just not the norm and what we see and what people see every day. Almost like it's a shock when something good happens. And that's that's a that's a pretty big opportunity. And then the Velvet Sledgehammer is back because Ken said coveting is having other gods because it means that we need something other than God to save us. When we covet, we believe God is not enough. Oh, that one hurts a lot. And then you think about it and you're like, yeah, he's not wrong. And that one has just stuck with me. And the idea that Ken said the final commandment brings us full circle back to the first commandment. And he used Colossians 3, 5, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry.
1: <laughs> do you know like that?
0: And I'm just like, <laughs> hadn't thought about it that way. I had
1: never thought about it that way before preparing the sermon either. And wow! I, and I, I uh, came across that in some of my readings, and I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. That changes it up a little bit for me. It um, does because so <laughs> you know, coveting is idolatry, and it makes sense when you stop and think. When you but, do when you think you're like, yeah, yeah, that that's true. But I, I think what you know, obviously God is genius, but I think what's just so amazing about the way that God hands down these t- 10 commitments to us as he just he makes it this infinite loop it's like <laughs> once you think you've got this down go over go it, it again, again. <laughs> and once you think you've got that down go over it again Once you you know and and that's the part i hope that will drive all of us to do better than the the, the religious folks in jesus day they thought that just simply keeping these the the letter of the law literally keeping it the literalistic reading of this law, law was going yeah. to be enough, that that was all that God required of them. And how sad for them, yeah, and how sad for us if that's what we settle on, because right. there's so much—I mean, we can look at it as like, oh, this is such a heavy loader. we can think, wow, what a big blessing that God gave us the opportunity to find more contentment, more happiness, more peace in a messed up world— he gives us a prescription that helps us do that, and this this is not to, to load us down or to make us have to fear His judgment. Yeah. Rather, it's Him saying, hey, look, it's not just simply the letter of the law, it's the intent behind it as well, and there's so much to it, and you'll never, ever, ever, uh, without my help, be able to completely keep this Perfectly, and that's what the beauty of Jesus. Jesus did. Jesus did on this sin-stained, messed-up earth. He kept the law, not just the letter of the law, but he perfectly kept the law in every way. And that's what you know. We all want to strive for that, but we also all know that when we fall short, which we do, yeah. yeah. God's grace is there. Jesus came, and that's that's the beauty of Jesus. And so for me, that's. That's the beauty of these ten commandments. You look at them, and you and you can go ahead and think, "Oh, I've got to do that," or you can think, "Oh, I get to do that. Right. I get to make this commitment. I get to go ahead and go deeper. I get to be the person that that I know I want to be." And so, you know, so that's my encouragement as we wrap up these ten commandments to anybody who's out there listening. You know, the ten commandments we're not done away with at the cross. The condemnation that comes from not keeping them was right. Yeah, that's a good point. But they weren't done away with because we still need them. We we still would. We'd <laughs> yeah. all appreciate a world where people don't get murdered. We'd all appreciate a world world where things aren't stolen. We'd all appreciate a world where our, we don't have to worry about our spouse uh, cheating on us. We all would appreciate a world when, as a parent, we're respected by our children. We right. all would love that kind of a world. And God says it begins with a proper understanding of who I am. If you if you have no other gods, if you don't make idols if you keep my name holy if you go ahead and rest in me if you do these things it will lead into the human aspects of things it will lead into those but they all interrelate they all interlock and and this last commandment that would have to do with our thought processes which you know is one of those areas like this is not just simply an action this is a thought process, thought process it don't, yeah it goes right back to that first commandment but it also is a thought process and also has to do with with coveting with 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 having something that you think can take God's place. place. If I have this, then I don't have to have God in that sense. Or or I can I can put them together somehow rather than saying, you know what, God, you're enough even if I don't have this thing over here.
0: I like, though, that we have, or you have, taken this and just said, yeah, we make a little fun about, well, this is an easy one, but to then drill down a little bit and then what you just said about It's almost reshaping your thought process, and if you can, you know, kind of take the edges off and make the corners smooth through a little bit easier, and pretty soon you might find that you're on your on the way on the path to being content in all ten of them. Yeah. And even though we're not going to keep all ten of them perfectly, we're going to grow, and part of that, I mean, it's just like being a kid, and when you're when you're you get the. Good job from your parents right <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal and it's still a big deal from God when you feel like he gives you that nudge like with the dog thing I mean it was just again we gave no thought we rescued a dog but then afterwards you know God kind of gives you the nudge of people and I took the opportunity to you know sprinkle a little Jesus in the comments and like if we were all a little more like Jesus wouldn't we all be a little bit happier in our world and people liked the business out of that and I it, it, you know it, it feels good to try to spread a little bit of positivity.
1: You have to remember that story, though, uh, Randy. That's uh, that's that, that's preaching gold right there. Like those are the those are the kind of stories that preachers like to to get because Is there's so much. Oh yeah, there's so much. As as a good friend of mine said, that'll preach. That'll preach. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was fun. We made a friend,
0: and we uh, initially the girls were like, hey. Is this our new dog? Stanley's like, "Hey, you got a family dog, you guys." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. This is somebody's pet." And turns out,
1: uh, you didn't have to do a lot of convincing when everybody's allergies broke out. Uh, huh? Right, right. We would need a different
0: dog, but he was a he was a really good boy, and he just needs to spend the rest of his few years at home. He's probably 10, 12 years old. But, and and I appreciate that people are are understanding that what we're, what you're we're trying to do at Whole Life as a family is really wrap our minds around these so we can all kind of head the same direction. And Isaiah knocked it out of the park. Isaiah Paradise, he had a comment and he said, Pastor Ken sounds like the opposite of a prosperity gospel preacher. Why do so many churches and pastors these days preach about what God wants to give us? But we're not saying God doesn't, you said earlier, God does want to give us gifts. So we're not saying that he doesn't but we're also not saying he's a cosmic santa claus.
1: No, we're saying take the glasses off and understand there's a reason why and I've I've said this probably before in this in this podcast is that there's a reason why Jesus says if a parent if a child asks their parent for a fish will they they give him a snake if they ask for bread will he, yeah. they give them a stone and the reason is because a lot of times when God gives us gifts, we think we're getting snakes and stones. And mm. the question that God wants us to say is, "Is look different." What you think looks yeah. what you think looks like a, a stone <laughs> and a snake is actually bread and fish. And so the point is, we need to just take a different look at the things that happen to us in life. Is and, and that's easier said than done. Sure, and trust absolutely. me. If somebody, if you're going through a really difficult time, and please. Do not hear these as discouraging words because if you're hurting and you're in pain, hey, God is with you there and and it's okay to acknowledge that you're hurt and in pain at the same time and just encourage you, know that God's there with you, and yeah. that God's going to see you through, and that God will will bring beauty out of ashes. Good things. And so, and and that's the thing that for me that I try to, and to do in my life, and I'm not particularly great at it. But I'm trying to do a better job of when when life deals me the hand that I didn't want to look back and go, okay, God, I don't get it. But I'm going to be content where I'm at and be content with what what was just dealt my way, knowing that there's better, better things to come, if not here, somewhere else. Somewhere else. I like it.
0: Well, Tito Gonzalez had a question. He said, is it possible to covet something without realizing it? And if so, how can we identify that?
1: Well, yeah, I think that if you've gotten anything out of this series, and there's a lot of commandments we break without re, without realizing without it, it. Yeah. and certainly coveting, you can certainly covet stuff without realizing. This. What I like to refer to as blind spots in our life these hmm. these mm-hmm. these areas that that everybody else can see, <laughs> yeah, but that it's a little bit harder for you to see. And so, what do you do about that? Well, I think that one of the things you do is you. Get people in your life that you've given permission to speak truth to you, and when they see these blind spots in your life, you allow them to speak into that. Again, easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> most of us don't enjoy getting the bad news that it turns out that we, you know, that we have these character flaws that are pretty glaring to <laughs> others, but are things that, we're not real good at. Yeah. But that we have a really good excuse uh, for. Yeah. So that's one thing that you can do, and the other thing that you can do is not worry about it. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying that you shouldn't worry about coveting, but one of the things that if you do have a blind spot, one of the things I've taken to doing in my life is is giving God permission to show me the blind spots in my life in his time in his way. I've come to really believe that if God showed me all the flaws I have in my life <laughs> at one time, it would be pretty overwhelming and I would be mm. you know, it would be very overwhelming. It would be, yeah. And so when I say that, I'm not saying not to worry about allowing God to change your character. Yeah, yeah. What I am saying is give God permission to change your character in his time and in his way and recognize that until that happens God's grace is sufficient for you. If you aren't perfect, if you're making mistakes, that are blind spots for you, the Lord loves you and if you put your hand life in his in into his hands, you're going to be just fine. That's great.
0: Always easier said than done. That's the best part of it's the best part of Q&A. It's always easier said than done, <laughs> yeah. but that's kind of how it goes. Jahimi had a question, and I did. You, have you seen this question? I'm not sure. I think okay. I, I
1: read through most of them. So okay, so
0: how is it that whenever Jesus breaks a bread, he is breaking the believer? And Stanley said, correct me if I'm wrong or if I missed something that Ken said, but I believe that breaking bread symbolized Christ's body being broken. And then he Jahimi said, That's what I thought in the old days, but none of Jesus' frames, I'm assuming his bones, really got broken. Is it the believer that is being broken?
1: Yeah. On this one, I'm quoting Jesus. Jesus said in multiple places in the Gospels, you can read this, First Corinthians also, he says, This is my body broken for you. So Jesus himself says his body's broken. Does that mean his bones are broken? No, because the Bible says his bones were not broken. Right, yeah. However, his side was pierced, so his skin was broken. He was whipped, which broke kind of his skin. In, yeah. And so his body in many ways was broken physically for us. And then the uh, the other beautiful part of it is that in in the breaking of his body, it's given to all of us. We all have the opportunity to receive that broken body that uh, that Christ gave up for us. So uh Jimmy, I don't you know, I don't believe that it's referring to believers in, in when it's uh when it's saying uh you know, the broken yeah. body. I believe that it's actually referring to Christ and and the cool thing is that when we partake in communion, we're all partaking in the body, the the symbolic body of Christ and and it symbolically links us all together again mm. and restores us to The community to the family that God always intended us to be where we're not broken apart by sin, where there aren't rifts between us. But – and that's the beauty of that word communion. It comes out of the word, you know, community. Community, yeah. And we come together and commune. That's
2: nice. The – you could also take – we always think of broken as dying. It could be actually looked at as this is a part of my body in terms of I'm parting my body out. This Mm -hmm. is – me being passed Hmm, over to others. Okay. We had one more
0: from Anonymous came in via text message yesterday morning and this person says, today's world tells you that you have to have this thing and that item to be happy. How can people combat this ideology and be content? I know we've
2: covered that pretty extensively, but... Did. That's what the podcast was about. I do think that... We've talked about this in terms of how do we see the choices that we make. Do I decide to create a path for myself or do I form a, my following with Christ? Mm. And I, I think that he gives us that contentment. He gives when, the contentment to follow that path.
0: Yeah. I think that's – I think you probably already had your question answered by the time we got there, but I wanted to make sure I asked it anyway.
2: It
1: was a good question. It was a good question because
0: it's it's one that we we had to spend a whole podcast on it.
1: (laughs) In fact, we just did the whole podcast. We knew that question was there, and so – Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I think – yeah. So one of these weeks, Whole Life Reflections asked, are you happy with your life as is? And I'm like, "Boy, we're getting right to the point, aren't we? And if not, what do you think would make you happy and content – and I thought about it. I'm like, well, that's yeah, that's pretty bold. That's right, right out there. And I'm like, but maybe it's a little trickier than it seems at first glance, because I mean, I'm pretty happy with my life just as it is. I, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, there's things that go wrong and things you wish you could change, but like where I'm at, I have a great family. I, you know, I love where I live. I love my church. I love my job. So overall, you know, hard it's hard to complain. But then You know, there's always that thing I do believe that would make me happier and more content, but we kind of leave them off on the side. And then I really thought about it. I'm like, one of those for me is just finding the next step in my walk with Jesus. Like you go through different periods where everything seems really good and not that it's bad. And you're still in your Bible. You're still praying. You're still doing all the things that you've done that have made you grow in the past. And then it's like, well, here we are. We're kind of at a plateau and uh, it just doesn't seem like you're making any progress, and so that's the one for me that's what it that's why I chose that one because i I've just felt like not that there's been no movement, but it's been feels slow and I'm like, so maybe is that just a when when you get to those? is that just like God telling you like, hey, you're you're not getting it, keep going, keep waiting <laughs> uh I am here, and I'm listening and I, it's not like I don't feel. Like I don't feel God. It just seems like it's been moving really, really slow. And honestly, I think that's what would make me or that's what makes me happy overall, pretty happy and content with my life. And so obviously that should just equate to if that grows, then that gets better, right? More deeper, better.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense.
0: Anyway, what about you? What do you think would make you happier content? I'd be interested. Or do you have any specific plans for making it happen? That's the other one. Because unless you have a plan for what you're going to do, you're probably just going to stay where you're at. So I'd like to hear your ideas because I could use a couple of hints maybe myself. So (laughs) anything we didn't cover, anything you need to add, let us know by voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. And I really liked, in Ken's closing, he said, The good news of the gospel is not that Jesus fulfilled the law, so when we fail, we don't have to pay the price. We do not have to live in fear of our failures. Rather, his life inspires us to keep growing in our keeping of his law, because doing so brings joy and happiness into our lives and makes the world a better place. That just that just sounds good. Sounds like be like to be the be the person and be the people that you want to see in your world. And that's pretty awesome. And I think that would make all of us and bring us all a little more joy and a little more happiness. So now this is it. Like this is 11 of 11, out of order, out of sequence, out of weeks. And now we move on to what we did last week for next week. (laughs) And that is voices. Confused
1: now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: voices of Whole Life Church, Arise to the Joy of the Sabbath. Michael Paradis. I don't know if I know Michael.
1: He's awesome. Is he? Well, uh, I assume you'll, he must I'll be. i look forward to you getting to know him. All He's right. He's amazing. And the joy of the Sabbath.
0: Michael, I am excited. So if you're listening now, I'm going to be in touch. And hopefully we can get you next week to come in and hang out with us. Yeah, cool. sounds like a good time. All right, that's it. Next week we'll be back as usual. Episode three, 16, 15, something like that. I don't think three sixteen, John three sixteen. Is it? Is it? Which one I was today? Did I update three? I think it's three fifteen. I am now. Now see, I went too far. I went too far. Eleven out of ten. I I screwed it all up, and then I don't know where I'm at. But that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be back next week.
2: Thanks for listening, Thanks to for guys. Camp, yeah. Have a great week. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha,